You are listening to Seniors Junction Podcasts. We are preventing seniors' isolation one conversation at a time. Your hosts today, Dr. Namrata Bagaria and myself, Dr. Paul Merkley. We're the co-founders of Seniors Junction and our very special guest today is Dr. Jane Kipfer. She is the Schlegel Specialist in Spirituality and Aging at Conrad Grable University College, Waterloo University. Welcome, Jane. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. So could you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. So as you said, my name's Jane Kipfer, and I'm the Schlegel Specialist in Spirituality and Aging. Um, it's a, a joint position with Conrad Grable University College and the Schlegel UW Research Institute for Aging. And so within that role, I do research and I teach courses. And, um, and I also host conferences, um, seminars and such for people who are involved in the field of spirituality and aging. And then along the side of that, I also serve as a spiritual care provider in a retirement home. So the path that led to all of that for me uh, was through 20 years of pastoral ministry in churches, starting in the United Church of Canada and in the Mennonite Church as well. I've done training in spiritual direction, so I also uh, serve in that capacity, done spiritual care and long-term care. And then uh, about 10 years ago or so, I went back to school, decided to do a doctorate in human relationships. So that's in spiritual care and psychotherapy. And my doctoral dissertation was in spirit, specifically in the field of spirituality and aging, looking at spiritual resources of the first wave of the baby boom generation, as they're imagining what later life will be like and what spiritual resources might sustain them through that. So that's kind of who I am in addition to being a spouse and a mom of young adult children and a daughter and daughter-in-law of uh, parents who are aging, and member of my community, child of God, all those connections that are important to making us who we are. <laughs> a very, very interesting path and outcome. It's really neat. Yeah, yeah. And Jane, in your line of work, uh, you must have encountered social isolation or physical or senior isolation. And, and can you tell us a little bit more? For sure. Yeah, I think of the different dimensions of my work. And, and first that comes to mind is long-term care, retirement home living and all the, the people that I've come to know and interact with. Uh, every week in those settings and specifically the place where I'm I'm serving right now is a retirement home that just opened about a year and a half ago so seniors older adults um, in the midst of big transitions in life they've all just moved and all the losses that go along with that changing homes um, changing identity in, in many ways. Often people are moving because of health issues or because they've lost a spouse. All those things um, I see all the time in, in residential care settings. Um, I also think of, of my research work, which is also in those settings, but more related to spiritual care provision and how we might... Um, connect with people and and meet some of the needs that that are prevalent in that stage of life um, I think I probably should mention that 
spirituality can be a, a messy kind of word that people don't always know what to do with. And so I, I have a definition that I like to work with around spirituality and uh, let you know what that is at this point so that we can kind of use it as part of our conversation. But to me, spirituality is the dimension of human experience that has to do with meaning and memory and mystery lived out through connection to self, others, nature, and the divine. It can be both personal and communal and finds expression in relationships, rituals, traditions, practices, stories, creativity, beliefs, and values. One's spirituality both sustains vitality and mediates acceptance and can enable one to cope with crisis, transition, and circumstances. There's kind of a broad definition of what we mean by spirituality that has some intersections with religion, but isn't specifically religious. Um, and so I have a lot of interest in the spiritual life of older adults, their struggles, resilience, needs, resources. And, and that's the area in which I, I research and, and kind of advocate for spiritual care in, in residential settings. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's such a broad definition. So may I just dive deeper? Mm-hmm. You mentioned the different losses which can put someone at risk for isolation. Or, mm-hmm. um, But in terms of spirituality, Paul and I have a theory that as we became a more secular society, uh, we we had community with, which, which was lost and we became more individualistic. And a lot of that led to a lot of isolation and loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one theory, you know, one way of looking at it. Uh, but how does uh, spirituality and isolation, can you just, like, what did you notice? Like, is there a correlation? Is there no correlation? Yeah, I think definitely that mention of community is so important. And what what is community? What are our connections in life? And we have connections, as I mentioned, with, with self, with other people, with nature, and with what's transcendent, divine, God, however we want to put put words around it so if if we lose connections that can lead to isolation in the way we normally think of it as it's a lonely aloneness loneliness but then there's a other dimension of like an existential kind of isolation of feeling alone in the world in, on a deeper level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um Given your definition, I'm wondering if you've considered or could consider, is there an interrelationship between meaningful activities and spirituality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, to the extent that spirituality is about meaning in life, what we do with our time can, can certainly um, be good for our spirits. But, mm-hmm. So, so if I engaged in some kind of serious leisure or serious activity versus, let's say, just watching television all day, that mm-hmm. could have an impact on my spiritual vitality. Yeah, I would say so. Something more intentional and purposeful. Okay, purposeful. Certainly purposeful, perhaps. You're big mm-hmm. on purposeful here. That's Purpose- good. Well, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Whether purposeful and meaningful is the same is debatable. Okay. Um, okay. I would say something could be meaningful without necessarily being purposeful. 
Yeah, well, that's very good. Um, so you've already answered a good part of this next question, but um, would you like to add anything about your, your vision for tackling the problem of seniors' isolation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, I think largely in the context of uh, residential care, um, because that's where I find myself. But I, I think of things that we're trying to do around helping people to connect with self uh, and others and nature and the, the divine, doing things like, like providing, especially during the pandemic, when it's been trickier to, to come up with with ways of, of connecting, things like providing reflection sheets and encouraging people to, uh, or giving people permission even to think on a, a deeper level, a more reflective level about life, life review, um, reflecting on, on relationships as well, and connecting with other people. We've We've started a weekly gathering where I serve that's actually the, the residents, it was their idea that they wanted to have some sort of a spiritual life gathering, but acknowledging that they're all coming from different places and different um, experiences of what it means to come together as, as people of faith and, and that they had differences. And so they wanted it to be very inclusive and very welcoming. And, and so it, it has evolved into a time each week when we come together and one resident will share something from their life experience, something that they've learned from, some time that they felt connected to God, to others, whatever it might be that's meaningful for them to share. And we listen to music together. Usually it's the choice of the resident who's sharing. And we... I'll say we pray together, we, we join our hearts um, to hold each other's concerns and, and each other's joys, have opportunity to share things with each other and then and just hold them together. But we intentionally spend that time where we gather together at that level of, of spirituality, of depth, where this is not about talking about the weather, but we want to acknowledge that we are connected and that um, we care about life in a, a larger kind of way where we acknowledge that we are also connected beyond ourselves to, to the whole world. Do you feel that it is important, these sorts of things you do also um, <clears throat> in preparing people's passage towards death, which after all is another stage of life? Great question. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, intentionality and the big questions that come up um, in each individual as a moving toward the end of life, it's, um, that can be a lonely time. And, and to a certain extent, it's a passage we all need to make on our own, but to have company and to have people who feel, who you feel know you and that you can talk to uh, on that level uh, is is really helpful for a lot of people yeah I think um, 
given that your vision is so beautiful which is getting people together maybe in not exactly in what spirituality they knew but on a common platform of spirituality where they can share what they have practiced or believe in so what are the challenges and uh, and and the opportunities you face doing this kind of work ah nervousness around spirituality like in our society as a whole we we've come through a time and we hold a history where spirituality has has felt a little dangerous um our religious differences have felt dangerous and we didn't want to offend people we didn't want to say the wrong thing and it felt like there was just so much potential to do things wrong and so it it makes us nervous i think and uncomfortable and a lot of people have have just become unfamiliar with spirituality especially early people who are younger earlier in life and perhaps haven't been raised with any sort of spiritual connection and so are are functioning out of a vacuum when it comes to spirituality so it's hard to hard to understand other people's spirituality and the value that it is to them if it hasn't yet um taken root in oneself and i, I think that's that's the case for for a lot of people in our society right now and i've longed for a time when we can be more comfortable um putting the the big questions of life out there and knowing that there are, there is no one answer uh, but we all have little bits of of truth that land for us at different times in life and when we can share those with each other we can inspire each other and it doesn't we don't, don't all need to be the same it's the uniqueness of each of our lives and our experiences and the insights that come along the way that it can enrich life for everyone so that that discomfort um unfamiliarity with spirituality is a bit of an an obstacle that i hope we can gradually overcome and what's your trick to to make people comfortable like what's the hack that you use <laughs> um personal relationship yeah uh for me it was it was a real privilege to be the the spiritual care facilitator or the spiritual life facilitator at this um, home as it was opening and through the whole uh, first couple of years as we've evolved and be able to meet each individual individually as they arrived and listen listen to the stories and the and the spiritual richness of their life perhaps the religious trauma they have experienced along the way as the stories the hopes the the fears in this transition and then for for me to be able to help people get to know each other and connect as new neighbors who have things in common and are going through similar experiences in life and then to watch those friendships grow mm-hmm. has been wonderful mm-hmm. it really is is becoming quite a a rich community and the pandemic in some ways has helped that because we haven't been able to rely on anything outside of ourselves in this building that has become home they they've had to become neighbors and, and find the the connections they they could kind of bloom where you're planted kind of mm-hmm. scenario mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Paul? What advice do you have for us? Hmm. I love what you're doing, bringing people together, um, providing a forum for people to keep learning in later life mm -hmm. and to connect with each other. I think it's just great opportunity and really um, values the, the capacity of older adults to, to thrive and to, mm -hmm. to keep learning and growing um, right to the very end of life. It's, it's fun to see the instructors that you're, you're bringing on board and, mm -hmm. and the different podcast guests. That, um, I think I'd encourage intergenerationality. I think older adults love to learn from each other. I also love to connect with other generations as well. And, um, and to not be afraid of spirituality. Yeah. Thank not you. be intimidated by it, but to, to ask, yeah. I, I find in talking with older adults, they love to be asked about their spirituality. Most people won't bring it up on their own, but when given permission to talk about it, it's, there's this like well of, of things to talk about. That when I was doing interviews for my dissertation, I, I came with a short list of questions and we'd often be there for two hours. They're like, nobody's ever asked me that before. I just want to talk about it. No. Thank you. No, yeah. this is helpful. I think one thing, uh, listening to what you were saying, Paul, I was thinking, you know, the way she talked about religious trauma. And sometimes, you know, in our in our work, uh, what's your learning trauma? Because, you know, you might have picked up a violin when you were five. Remember the example Bill Randall told us? Yes. And you were shamed and you were shamed for it. <laughs> That's right. For whatever reason. And now then we are saying, okay, try something again. We, you and I, Paul, maybe we want to schedule some phone calls because we can't really go in every community and talk mm -hmm. to seniors and add that little component so that once we know, we can then tell them because they're not going to be anyways fully digital where they can click buttons and decide what program they want. Mm -hmm. And that establishes a trust. And I think, so for me, that's one new insight I had. I had that at the back of my mind I wasn't sure when should I do it, like after they're on the courses mm -hmm. or before, but I think when you talked about it, mm -hmm. because uh, not learning something new needs resilience, uh, right? It needs ability to deal with your own shame, deal with mm -hmm. the shame others have shamed you, like, and whatever judgments you have for yourself, because let's say I started dancing again at 35, 34, 35, whatever, a, you're not five, <laughs> right? So the last time I did us, I, I trained in classical Indian. So of course, the big difference in my body, right? I was a little tiny girl. Yeah. And now I'm a big woman, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a, and all those shaming things that come back. But the, when I kept doing, I've been doing it for two years now. It, it's something I'm very proud of. I'm not the best dancer out there and I'm okay with it because I'm good in other things. But it gives me purpose, like you said. It's meaningful and purposeful yeah. for me. Mm -hmm. And I think, Paul, this is one of the biggest barriers that I think when we talk about serious leisures and specifically looking at serious leisure, because it's very different when I tell you, come one time and do a thing. You might even get out of your comfort zone. But then if you're asking them for commitment, and we know that serious leisure opens doors to spirituality, to connection and all, and that's another outcome we may not even be able to measure, 
But if we can learn from each other's work, because it's qualitative in nature, right? It's qualitative, it's intangible, but the solutions then lie in those personal relationships, in, in being really diligent about mm-hmm. what do we ask. Maybe the shame is around technology, because we also have the second mm-hmm. component, technology, right? And, 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 and people might be, oh, I had once remembered and I got locked out or they were scammed online some, for some reason and they have not gotten over that trauma. So now that suddenly you use such a beautiful term, see, this is, this was a great podcast. I got two ideas because just today morning I was talking to Paul, okay, there's something missing from our side, although we know this is good, but you know, you want to be from the customer's side, the customer's is because they're going to use it in the end, right? Yeah, exactly. So that trust that you identified is, yeah. is vital and building that. And the other component that I would mention is belonging. Uh, the in the fr- very first pilot research that I did with with baby boomers envisioning later life, uh, those are the two words that came out in the end as to what their spiritual resources, as they put them in later life, would be, what they would feel they would really need on a spiritual level, and it was trust, and it was a sense of belonging, and and you could see those things on all sorts of different levels, and I can see it connected with what you're doing as well. That that trust. Um, connection that then can help people to to heal and to overcome trauma and to um, have the trust to try again and to go further and also that belonging that you offer and the, with the values that you you mentioned things like respect and empathy and and yeah. trust is there of course but to create this space even though it's digital for people to come together yeah. um, and belong and so the one other piece of advice that would be connected with that is to to um, make sure that people still feel that sense of belonging, even if it it grows and grows and grows. How do you belong when if something gets big? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's scary, right? When you have nothing and then you have something and then you don't know what to do because yeah. we get so used to being by ourselves, and mm-hmm. uh, or the fears that oh my god, the last time I belong somewhere. And this, 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 this has happened, mm-hmm. right? Because we all, as we get older, we have more relationship traumas than any kind of traumas in life. <laughs> yeah, so, you make a friend and then they're gone. <laughs> exactly. So then it's almost Hard. like, you know, you're scared to be happy because yeah. if you're too happy, like I've met many people who oh, try to be too happy because then I'm going to be too sad. And I find it such a, I'm sorry to say it, but a, what a way of living, right? Be yeah. happy today if today is bringing you happiness. If tomorrow is sadness, be fully sad tomorrow because the next day will bring something else. One of my favorite quotes is the Cahil Gibran quote, the, the, the de- deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. That's beautiful. So That's very beautiful. That sense that, that it's worth the risk. <laughs> yeah, I mine's similar, similar, but mine is the mm-hmm. Rumi quote, which says the light enters where the crack appears. Yeah. So yeah. no matter wherever you're cracked, it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the work we do in Seniors Junction, why we go got along with Bill Randall or with you, or we we Paul and I both have a path and we understand mm-hmm. the value of it. And so far in our works, at least in my, I don't know about you, Paul, because you were in music and all that. So, but in my work, like a doctor or a tech researcher, there was no ways I could involve creativity or spirituality in my work. And now with Seniors Junction, I can, like I can write a poem and totally be cool. That is work, you know? So so for me, I am so happy with this startup because I always felt that the big part of me was not 
visible in what I do. But with now what I do, if I'm not creative enough or spiritual enough, I can't create it in the beginning. Like I can't because there's so much rejection, no, and challenges we face on a daily basis. And the sense of vulnerability, which you have to do yourself when you're doing this work to work with someone else or, or give them the, or having the patience to let them come on the same page. All those are qualities which no school textbook or PhD yeah. teaches you, right? Mm-hmm. And PhD itself, you know, it's a detox, body detox of all kinds, <laughs> which I am almost <laughs> getting towards the end of, <laughs> Paul knows. So I think uh, through your own journey, you see that. So that brings you a little bit of humility. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Humility is such an important thing and, and I see it so much in later life and connected with expression as well. And, and perhaps freedom. I was yes. talking to a woman the other day, we were working on, on planning something for the future. And she's, she's in her nineties. She says, you know, I, I just relax about these things now. I don't care. It doesn't matter if I make a mistake. And, and she said, you know what I've realized that it's just the less I worry about it the more likely it is that it's going to go good. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there is some, some freedom that, that I've noticed coming um, in people as they relax into the, the invitation to be more expressive and to be invited to share parts of their stories. Uh, the first, yeah, in the first 10 residents who shared at our spiritual life gatherings, I think eight of them at least were in their 90s. And who you just don't think of asking people in their 90s to be a speaker in a gathering, but they were so delighted to do that. And they did such a beautiful job. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, Paul, remember uh, yeah, the, the master from your path talked about humility leads to spiritual unfoldment that leads to freedom and mm. the ultimate purpose of spirituality is freedom oh i love it yeah yeah well yeah. there's a lot around freedom i live in ottawa so it's a very touchy topic <laughs> nowadays <laughs> that <laughs> word has many <laughs> different different ways yeah so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's a very touchy topic nowadays but let's not mm. get there yeah and, <laughs> and if people who want to find you jane what's the best mm-hmm. way to find you email yeah just use my email address which is jane.kipfer k-u-e-p-f-e-r at uwaterloo.ca perfect awesome thank you so much for this wonderful interview wow thank you it's been a delight